Hey y'all, welcome to the Convos with Kelsey podcast, the communication project all about cultivating genuine conversations. I bet if I asked you about a conversation that went terribly wrong, you could think of more than one. Hi, I'm Kelsey, and not much gives me more joy than helping others improve their conversations. And I want to thank you for inviting me to come alongside you in your personal, professional, and creative conversations. In this podcast, I want to give you the tools to be true to yourself and to feel confident in any conversation. I believe in people and I love words, so each episode I will be inviting you to join me as I talk with some amazing women who will share their very own impactful conversations, however imperfectly navigated they might have been. So grab a cup of coffee, grab a glass of wine, heck, grab a vat of chips and queso. It doesn't matter. All great conversations start with being comfortable feeling ready to be vulnerable, and great friends. So let's get to it. Hello, dearest podcast listeners. Today's guest is Alexis Brown. She is the creative force behind Find and Flourish, which is a small business that focuses on hand lettering, feminine design, and illustration. Ever since she was young, she had a design-inclined mind that loved to create and had about a zillion hobbies, ranging from photography to painting to paper crafts. She loves creating pretty things and giving life to others' visions through her creative process. When she's not hand lettering or creating custom designs, you can find her walking the halls of Target with a soda, in particular Dr. Pepper, I believe, or at Home Depot gathering supplies for her next project. She's a mama to three very busy little kiddos and one angel baby in heaven. Thank you so much for stopping by this podcast and to her little corner of the internet, and I know that you're just going to love her. In talking with Alexis, I find myself definitely desiring to be more intentional with my own loved ones, especially my kids, even though I am certainly not perfect at savoring every moment. I mean, we are in a pandemic. I do have more awareness to the fleetingness that is being a mom and gratitude for moments, even the hard ones. My daughter's picky eating, my son's temper, and my other daughter's more frequent need for mommy playtime not only seem much more manageable, but something that disappears eventually. And my hope is, and I'm sure Alexis's hope is, that it's gradually Alexis brings a new meaning to the word loss for me, truly unfathomable. And yet, when I met her, I felt less alone almost instantly in my own grief. Please join me in welcoming my friend Alexis as she honors her daughter's memory, graciously bringing beauty, peace, and love to others with her story. Hi, Alexis. How are you? Hi, I'm doing good. How are you doing? Well, I'm so well. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited. Yay. So my dear friend, you are currently, and I say currently because I feel like it won't ever be over, but I feel like you are currently living a tragedy that I can't even fathom and you are doing it with such grace and beauty and you are truly an inspiration to me and so many others. 
And when we have the privilege of hearing your story, I think it's just so powerful. And so I wonder if you feel comfortable sharing just a little bit about what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm happy to share. I love talking about um, what I've been through and what I've learned. So about four years ago, um, we were, my husband and my family and I were here in Idaho visiting for a family wedding and we brought all of our kids with us and our littlest baby girl, Austin. She somehow got outside of the house when someone was leaving and she got backed over by a car and she was rushed to St. Luke's here in Twin and they tried to do everything they could to help her and they realized her case was a little too serious so they sent us to Utah to primary children's and she ended up passing away that day. And so yeah I feel like it's been quite a journey these last four years you know I feel like in the beginning of our journey, obviously it was everything people imagine it would be. It was terrible and awful and heavy and impossible. And, you know, it still can be those things still today. But as time has gone on, things have definitely lessened in the heaviness. People say like time heals all wounds. But I think this is one of those things, like you mentioned earlier, that just never seems to heal all the way. And I don't think it's supposed to, but I, I use this term of heaviness to kind of describe, I think that's like the best way to explain to people how it feels, because I feel like some days are really heavy and some days aren't as heavy, but it's always there. Oh, goodness, girl. I, I literally, I just can't even fathom it. And the way that you're able to speak with others about it just I like I got goosebumps already. And so I just commend you on so much on your strength and commitment to helping others. Um, I, I imagine at first when you lose someone, because as we know, I've lost someone as well, not anything near what um, I can imagine your loss is like, because I just don't even want to think about it. But I can imagine that at first, a lot of people Either they know about it because they were living it with you, or at first they do want to hear you talking about it. And it's acceptable to do so, but even though it's hard. So at first, how did you navigate those conversations? Because at first it was real hard for me. Yeah. So what's interesting is I had this moment after Boston passed away that I committed to myself that I was going to be honest about everything I was feeling and that I wasn't going to shy away from making people feel uncomfortable or worrying about how other people were feeling about how I was feeling and so I made this commitment myself in the beginning of our journey to just be really honest and authentic and genuine and I think at first it was really interesting to see how people would react to my raw words because I don't think that people are usually used to hearing very intimate details and specifics and I just was a completely open book and I didn't shy away from saying exactly how I was feeling or exactly what was going on and not being shy about things and so I think for me it really wasn't that hard because I was just kind of saying what was in my head it would just, you know, come out. And I think it was probably more difficult for the people around me that had to kind of hear these really difficult stories. I think sometimes we want to know these things, but we also don't because they're very sad. And so for me, it was really cathartic to talk about my loss and talk about Boston and talk about every tiny little thing that was happening for me. And I really contribute talking about her and talking about my problems 
very openly to my healing and growth through this process. I truly believe, and that's one thing, if I ever encounter another person who's going through loss or someone who's lost a child, one of my biggest pieces of advice is to really just be open and honest with yourself about how you're feeling and give yourself grace to feel how you're feeling when you're feeling it because we all have heard of people who have gone through hard things and they tend to keep it inside and it festers and then it explodes and there's lots of problems and so I think that's one of my biggest pieces of advice for people who are struggling with loss particular child loss but just to be open and honest with how you're feeling and even if other people around you feel uncomfortable I actually lost a dear friend of mine through this process and I attribute it to the fact that my life was too hard for her and my life was too sad for her. And she didn't like hearing all of those sad things, which we ended up not being friends anymore because of it, which is kind of a sad thing. But I think that there is such beauty in listening to people's pain because not everyone is going to go through what I've been through and they won't be able to feel that pain and they won't be able to know what that feels like or learn any of the lessons I'm learning. And so I feel very passionately about being able to talk openly and honestly about what I've been through and talking about the lessons I've learned and sharing them with others. Oh man, I think that's so beautiful because I know from experience that it's sometimes easier to, for lack of a better term, put someone out of their uncomfortable misery because they're, once they find out that you've experienced a tragedy, they start shifting in their skin. Like, Oh, how do I, I don't know what to say. And I don't know what to do. And yes. I feel like sometimes it's just better to do that. And so mm -hmm. Have you experienced that? And what do you kind of do to relieve that? Do you put them out of their misery? Or do you just kind of like, you know, it's okay for you to not know what to say to me right now? Oh, for sure. I feel like that is one of the things. It's interesting. As a person of, of, of grief, my biggest emotion I think that I've been feeling for the last few years is grief. And it's interesting navigating around other people's emotions while I'm navigating around my own. And I feel like you kind of pick and choose depending on the situation. Sometimes I'll be really open and honest and I'll just be like, it is what it is. And other times I, I might not say as much or I might not, I might be more reserved. Yeah, I feel like it really depends on the situation, but it is funny how people, one of the things that I get often is people asking me like, do you want to talk about her? Is it okay? Should I even talk about it? And I was like, well, yeah, you should definitely talk about it. She's my child. I want to talk about her as much as I want to talk about any of my living children and as much as anyone else wants to talk about their living children. So yeah, I feel like one of the sad things is a lot of times people don't ever mention it and then you feel like no one remembers them and you feel like no one cares. And so I feel like one of the best things you can do if you are someone around someone who's lost something is be sure to talk about them and be sure to mention them and say, hey, I don't know what to say. You don't even need to say anything. I just want to be here for you. So that's one of the most important things I think for people around loss is just knowing that your words are important, but sometimes it's your actions that can speak louder than those words. And so being there physically for people and emotionally for people without having to say a lot of things is also really important. I can remember sitting in my grief for a little while and greatly appreciating those who didn't squirm in their skin around me. And we're just willing, whether I wanted to talk or not talk, but just sit there with me in that heavy, just this sucks mm -hmm. kind yeah. of thing. And I can, I can remember appreciating those people way more than the people who give you the standard, I'm so sorry for your loss. 
which to me started to be bothersome. Oh yeah, definitely. I feel like it's interesting to see the character of people come out when something like this happens. Like I said, I had that friend who I consider one of my close friends just kind of like drift away from me. But then there were other people who just came out of the woodwork who I didn't even really know that well, who have done so much more for me than most people in my life. And it's just interesting. Yeah, the people who are who are ready to talk about it and who want to literally be a shoulder to cry on are the people that stand the test of time. There's there's a woman who I didn't know that well, who was my friend in when when we lost our daughter, we lived in Alaska. So we we buried her here, had her funeral, and then we had to go home and live in Alaska for a year before we were we could come back here to Twin Falls. And there's a woman there who still continues to be one of my just biggest supporters and biggest cheerleaders. And she has done so much for me and my family. And I don't, I just didn't know her that well. And it just was so beautiful to me that someone who I didn't know very well has every year, she'll send me a picture of a tree that we planted for Boston. She goes and puts a bow on it. She, she just does these things that no one else does for me. And it just, it's so special. So yeah, people who can who are brave enough to talk about things realistically with you and and honestly with you, those people mean so much. They really do. That's so true. Oh, okay. Man, you should post those tree pictures. That's so I pretty. should. I get them every year. I should oh, post them. Yeah. It's I love so how much sweet. you it's share so your nice. journey because it's just so inspiring. Like, oh, we can do hard things, even though we don't we want can. to. We don't want to, for sure. That's one of the hardest parts I think about Um, this trial too for me is I know that this hard thing that I'm going through brings peace and joy to others. Maybe not joy, but peace and understanding and this just kind of quiet humility about life and how it's so short and special. And so I feel privileged sometimes. Sometimes I'm angry and bitter, but sometimes I feel privileged to be part of this beautiful sharing of stories and hard things and, you know, strength. I don't necessarily feel strong, but I think what we've done as a family and how we have, you know, overcome, not overcome, but worked with this problem in our lives and sharing it with other people that, I don't know, I feel privileged to be a part of that. I feel privileged to know you. And I I can tell you this, that the strength that you whether you know it or not that you portray to, it gives me what I would say is hope. I just feel hopeful that, yep, hard things can happen. And I think that there's an ability in all humans to survive and portray grace for others. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. So I am understanding and correct me if I'm wrong, that out of this was born a beautiful business. Tell me about that. Yeah, so I've always been a really creative person um, just through my childhood. And I actually was in the scrapbooking industry professionally. I worked for a few of the bigger scrapbooking companies on their design teams. And when Boston passed away, I stepped away from all of my positions. I haven't gone back into the scrapbooking world, but I took a really long break from creativity. I think creativity is interesting in the fact that you have to kind of be in the right mental space to really create things. And so for a long time, I didn't really create anything. And it was hard for me because I'm actually just a very creative person. And so when I started to feel more comfortable creating again and feeling like there was enough 
piece in my life to be able to do that. I created my own small business and it's called Find and Flourish. And I do hand lettering, calligraphy, graphic design. I have a laser cutter so I can make wood signs, anything made out of wood I can pretty much engrave on and cut out. And it's actually been a source of a lot of confidence for me and a lot of just pride in myself and my abilities to be able to do something that I've always wanted to do, but never necessarily felt capable of doing. So yeah, it's kind of my baby right now. And I've been really enjoying spending my time thinking about different products and thinking about all the little facets of a business, branding, design, logos, things like that. So yeah, I've been really enjoying it. And I, yeah, I love it. Oh, it's, um, you guys. Okay. So every time I think I need something beautiful done, or thoughtful or creative, I'm like, oh, I got to ask Alexis if she can do this because you you guys see my logos or if you get a card for me, I probably had Alexis design something for me. (laughs) You're so sweet. I've loved working. I think my favorite thing is working with other women-owned small businesses because I just love helping them out. I love helping them create beautiful things for their business. And yeah, I just have really enjoyed being part of this small business woman community. So awesome. So how can they find your stuff? Okay, so I have two different Instagrams, one for my personal life where I mostly share what's going on with me and my family and I share a lot about Boston there. And so that is at Alexis Marie Brown and my name is spelled weird. It's A-L-E-X-E-S Marie Brown. And then if you want to see my business stuff, you can find me at find.and.flourish you guys are gonna love it go there immediately i'm looking forward to seeing you guys there yeah you guys you're gonna yep you're gonna thank me for introducing <laughs> you to not only for the amazing grace and beauty and strength that she portrays and giving us all especially me hope to sit with my grief long enough that it can be okay and i too like you think that grief i don't think it ever goes away i don't think time heals i just think it yeah maybe it lightens it a little mm-hmm. That's what I would say too. Yeah, but I don't think time heals. And I think you give me hope in that it can get lighter, can keep getting lighter. So thank you for that. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. So we're getting down to the end of our time together already, which makes me a little bit sad. I know. (laughs) Do you have anything else that I did not ask you that you're dying to share with the world? Um, Well, one thing that I did want to share is that Um, we, I had a conversation with someone early on in my grief loss journey. Um, and she's actually a very popular scrapbooker. Her name is Heidi Swap and her son had died by suicide about a year before Boston died. And the day Boston passed away, I sent her an email because I needed to talk to someone and she gave me the biggest piece of advice that has really steered me towards this path had been on. She, she told me that I, I had a choice in this. I could, I could let this situation break me or I could let it be something beautiful in my life. And I really took that to heart. And I really just decided right then and there that I could choose. I couldn't choose that Boston was here or not, but I could choose how I reacted to this situation and how I could just be with this big thing and how I could use it 
not for good, but use it for, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Sorry. <laughs> I think, I think you're going, you're going somewhere with use it for good because yeah. you are honoring your beautiful little girl so well. Thank and you. I think that it's, you are using it for good. I mean, it's been, unfortunately, this is the weirdest way to say this, but like good for right. me. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm not alone in yeah. all these feelings. Right. That I can use this, this awful thing to see beautiful things. Right? Yes. There can, we go. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh man. That's amazing. I just can't thank you enough for sharing all this with us. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Okay. So let's, I have five questions. Sorry. I have okay. five questions that I ask every guest and although right. they seem a little bit random, they very much mean are related to conversation with me because okay. I'll tell you why each time. But the first okay. question is, what is your favorite th thing to drink? Because for me, sometimes a good conversation is over coffee or wine or mm. whatever your favorite thing is. And so what is your favorite? I guess my favorite thing is a Dr. Pepper, if I'm being honest. Like I should say water, but let's be real. I like me some soda. <laughs> I hated Dr. Pepper until I got pregnant with my son. And then I'm like, I need Dr. Pepper every day. Every day, every <laughs> single day. <laughs> okay. The next question is what's your favorite book? And the reason behind that question is I feel like the books that we read and love enable us to increase our depth of conversation. And so I, I want to know what either what your favorite is or what you're reading right now that you think is great. So I read a lot of books. I love reading. And it sounds silly and childish, but Harry Potter will forever have my heart. I think just because growing up when it was being released, it just kind of was my whole entire childhood. And I think it's kind of funny that like, I would still say that's my favorite book, that series, because I've read so many other books that are so good that I love, but Harry Potter will always just be my number one. It really will be. And I just can't deny it. <laughs> I probably need to, to bite the bullet and read one. You really should. <laughs> read it with your kids honestly yeah. and and it's funny because as I reread them as I'm an as I'm an adult I'm like you know this this is I kind of built this up a lot in my head and it probably is better when you're reading it when you're a kid but I think this it meant so much to me my most of my life and so that just still remains number one I and I love fantasy I love that magic I've tried reading like the Harry Potter adult Harry Potter type books and they're just never as good like just the way JK Rowling writes and the way she connects things together I don't know that will just always be my favorite my favorite book series is there one of those that's your favorite you know I think for a long time my favorite is the fifth one that's I don't know what it is about it but the fifth book is just one of my favorite they're all so good I just reread the first one with my kids which I always tell people if you're gonna start reading them get through the first one it's meant for kids who are young it's definitely a children's book and they get more mature but it's amazing to me how many little things are in that first book that connects to the last book like she really just had this whole thing figured out before she even started so she's a literary genius she really is yeah. she really is and in along the same lines the third question is i feel like it affects sort of your conversation and reflects on your personality a little bit but what was the last thing that you binge watched okay so i'm currently binge watching gray's anatomy so <laughs> i watched it i know <laughs> i watched it when i was younger and then when they started killing off of my favorite characters, I gave up. 
but it's still going like six years later. So I'm like, you know what? I have to just, I started all the way over at the beginning, which I feel like it's going to take me a while to get to the end, but I'm on season three already, which I feel like is a lot for like one week of watching it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like 20 seasons in or something like that. I started it over too. It's a commitment for sure, but I, I am here for it. One time somebody said, I've never watched Grey's Anatomy. I'm like, I'm not sure we can be friends. I know. Very That's kidding. I, but honestly, when you were talking about it recently, I was like, you know, I really need to watch it again. I feel left out of these conversations. I need to go see what's going on. Yeah. Oh, God. Such, I mean, Shonda Rhimes, another genius. Also, literary genius. Yes. <laughs> Maybe not very literary, much. but. <laughs> very close to. Yes. <laughs> okay. The next one is directly related to conversation. So. If you could talk to a famous person, dead or alive, any famous person, who would it be? Princess Diana. I had an obsession with her since I was a young kid. I think that she has, she's one of those people who I feel like you could talk to and she would just tell you so many wise things. I think she just has so, she has so much experience and I've watched a lot of like interviews of her and documentaries and things and I just always have loved her and I've always just thought she was a sweet, kind woman who just had this like wisdom that I would love to just share with her. She feels like someone you're just drawn to. Yes. She There's people like that is. in my personal way right now. I'm like, I'm just drawn to you and I don't know why. Yeah. I'm like, just talk. I'll just listen. I'll just uh-huh. call. <laughs> yeah. Me and my family, we call that Kavorka. Oh. I feel like that's a Seinfeld reference. Yeah, I didn't. That may or may not mean what I think it means, but (laughs) (laughs) just that draw. Someone's drawn to it. Yes, definitely. Okay, last question, and it's a fill in the blank question. Okay. And I love this question. I don't know why, but just I feel like, oh, love it. A good conversation requires blank Um, vulnerability. Oh, I love that. Those are my favorite conversations, and people can get together and just share what's on their soul. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. It's so good. I would, um, my answer, someone's like, what was your answer? And I'm like, mine is always openness. Yeah. Absolutely. Which I feel like Along the same lines. very closely to vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. I think some of my favorite conversations where I have grown a lot, I think that's one of the things that's cool is when you can express how you're feeling and you can be vulnerable, you grow so much. And yeah. I, I love to have those deep, heavy conversations. Cause I, I don't know, they just make me feel lighter and I know that I grow from them. Yeah. And it shows in all your gracious sharing of your story and oh, man, I am honored so to know sweet. you and I cannot thank you enough for giving me hope and making me feel less alone. You're so sweet. I appreciate that very much. And thanks for being on the show. Absolutely. I loved it. Okay. You guys, this was one of my very favorite conversations for many reasons, but mostly because I just feel so graced by Alexis and her willingness to not only talk about her story, but also to be one of those people that will sit in your grief with you. And I would like to leave you with a couple more things that if you are a person who is experiencing loss or grief, Please, if you can, try to find someone who will sit in it with you in any way that you find most comforting. 
You can find those people online via counseling and emotional advising. There is no shame in seeking help if you don't have someone who's close to you that can offer you a shoulder to lean on. Also, if you are a person who knows someone who is experiencing loss, maybe just give it a try. Ask them how they would like you to sit with them and would they like to talk about it? Or maybe they wouldn't. I can remember distinctly um, having this conversation with Alexis for the first time and being relieved that I'm not the only one who in grief has feelings where Maybe I'm not allowed to talk about it because it makes people uncomfortable, but also having a strong desire to do so. So anyway, these are just my closing thoughts. Okay, friends, thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this as much as I did. If you did, please make sure that you share the episode on social media. Don't forget to tag me at Combos with Kelsey. And of course, tag our fabulous guest. If you want to use a hashtag, you could use Kelsey's Convo Corner. And of course, you're going to want to subscribe to our show so that you don't miss any opportunities to hear our upcoming episodes. And if you heard something on the show that you love and want to look into further, don't forget to catch the show notes on my website, which is KelseyDietz.com. That's K-E-L-S-E-Y-D-I-E-T-Z.com. That's where you'll find all the show notes and links to all the referenced materials and fun things in the episode. Okay, everyone, we know that I am a true believer in conversation making a gigantic impact on our lives. So I hope that you found this episode and all of our episodes, in fact, helpful to your own cultivation of genuine conversations. Until next time.